Domo arigato, Mr. King Bato. Domo! Domo! What's up? You know, Beard, sometimes you do so much wrestling that then you take a break from wrestling. Yeah. But you miss wrestling. So you want to talk about wrestling tonight? I do want to talk about wrestling tonight. Excellent. Oh, heel turn radio, <laughs> back in the mud pit, back in the couch, talking wrestling. Wrestle Kingdom 13, Chikara season finale, Chicago winning the wings, and much, much more from the local scene. I'm the beard. I am your King Ginger. Don't cut me off! This is heel turn radio. I was a fiend before I became a teen. I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated. So when hip hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, complicated. Cause I grabbed the mic and try to say yes, y'all. They try to take it and say that I'm too small. Cool. Cause I don't get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet. Back to the lab without a mic to grab. So then I add all the rhymes I had. One after the other one. Then I make another one to diss the opposite. Then ask if the brother's done. I get a craving like I fiend for nicotine, but I don't need a cigarette. Know what I mean? Know what I'm I mean, raging, what I mean. ripping up the stage and don't it sound amazing? Cause every rhyme is made in thought of, cusses sort of, an addiction magnetized by the mixing, focus vocabulary. So there's been a lot going on in the world. We've been focused a lot, I think, over the last couple months on local wrestling. Doing a bit of commentary, just one or two shows a week. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, remember a time when we just went to shows and then we just talked about it? Yeah. And Instead remember, of talking about the shows during the shows. Remember a time as well when we had friends to the north in Canada yeah. who uh, just also went to shows and talked about it and didn't run their own GD promotion? Yep. Yeah. Wrestle business. Yeah. Evolution of the brand. He'll turn family worldwide. No big deal. Uh, speaking of worldwide, let's uh, let's get on that plane. Think a little bit about uh, Wrestle Kingdom. We got the full <sighs> full card aside from the gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the never open weight six man tag team championship. Obviously, all three of those people in other matches on the card, but there's going to be a gauntlet match. Participants TBD. But listen to this lineup and tell me your thoughts. Kota Ibushi putting the never open weight championship on the line against Meow Meow Will Ospreay. How do, I feel really conflicted with Kota Ibushi because I feel always I feel like Kota Ibushi is a guy who could be higher up on the card mm-hmm. and has had moments where he's flirted with the main event, but I never feel like he has, and I wonder if he never will be a main event guy in New Japan. Well, he was in that three-way when uh, when uh, Kenny defended his title against him at uh, the King of King of Pro Wrestling back in October. Yeah, but but it's not but it's not in a sustained way. You're saying like, yeah, he's not he's not one of the the aces. He's not. Which don't you feel like that's a little odd? Yeah. Or do you think that he's the ace in the wings waiting for Kenny to move on? I think he's the one-eyed Jack, baby. I think he's the Joker. Well, I, I think with Osprey, the, the beautiful thing with, with well, both of them, to be honest with you, is they're relatively young, but Osprey's super young. Um, I can't wait to see this match. I think this this is one of, if not the best opening match we've seen in a Wrestle Kingdom. This could be Owen Brett level of good in an opening match at a major pay-per-view. Question for you then. Does Will Ospreay kick out Coda's leg from underneath his own leg? Does he make his, him bleed his own blood? Um, I think he tries. Yeah, okay. How good would this have been if Tanahashi would have been healthy? What do you mean? If Horomu would have been in this. Oh, the yeah. Down. Oh, Takahashi. Takahashi. Did yeah. I say Tanahashi? Tanahashi. My bad. I was like, Psst, Tanahashi's in the main event. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, oh, Takahashi. Oh, man, that would have been great. Because you know that would have been a three-way. Triple thread, yeah. Oh. That would have been... It gets three kitty on the kitty meow, meow uh, scale for me. Three Daryls out of Daryl? Yeah. 
Speaking of three ways, we got two three ways uh, on the docket for both the junior heavyweight tag team championship and the IWGP tag team championship. First, the juniors, Suzuki Goon, Kanemaru, and El Desperado representing Suzuki Goon, uh, Rapongi 3K, Shon Yo, uh, and Los Igrenobles, represented by Bushi and Takagi. What do you think about that? Current champions, Suzuki Goon. Do they do they walk out of it? Can they walk out of it? Remind me again, Takage. Isn't he the guy that just came? That's over? Shingo. Shingo. Yeah, yeah. So Shingo's a f- fucking boss. Yeah. He is bodybuilder. Yeah, he like, was the man in Dragon Gate. Um, that yeah, to I me, guess they do. They just call him Shingo. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I, I think you got to go Los Igrenobles. I, I feel like. They didn't need another amazing guy in that stable, and all they did was put another amazing guy in that stable. Yeah. And it just, they're incredible. Yeah. They, they are quietly the best stable in wrestling. All right, absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to skip over the the uh, British Heavyweight Championship from, from Rev Pro match to talk about the other three-way tag team title match. We currently have uh, the... Bullet Clubs, uh, Gorillas of Destiny, champions taking on Los Ingornobles, Sonata, and Evil for the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championships. Also, Young Bucks in that match. Is this the Wrestle Kingdom of LIJ? Do they come away with all of the gold? Naito going up, as we know, uh, in the kind of dual main event against Chris Jericho. For the uh, Intercontinental yeah, Championship, I think so. I I think this is the one because I do feel like this is the blow off. This is the goodbye for the elite. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like the new incarnation of the Bullet Club is yet able to be that massive force. Yeah. That they've been in the past. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't see anyone in that group. Um. No matter what, new, yeah, what, what <laughs> New Japan wants to, to tell me Tamatanga or Jay White actually is, I'm not as impressed with them as I have been with other Gaijin they've had as kind of the heads of that group. Oh, I, I love Tamatanga. He's great on a microphone. I just think he's a not the he's he's an okay wrestler. He bleeds personality. Um I think he and his brother are great, like from that aspect. Yeah. Um, I just wish they were better in the ring. Sure, uh, but are, but are they? Devitt? I mean, that was always our knock on Tonga Lao, even before he went to uh, New Japan. Are they Devitt though? No, I mean, are I are they AJ are Styles? And they certainly aren't Kimi, Kenny Omega. No, but I think maybe it needs to go back to tag, Carl Anderson. But style. tag team wise, yeah. are they even Carl Anderson and? And uh, Lugalos, because I don't think they are. Yeah, they they're they're close, yeah. but I don't think they are. They're they're possibly more athletic, but I don't find them more entertaining. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wish Fale would step into the leadership role a little bit more rather than being the kind of underboss. Um, I have really found Jay White's work to be outstanding, but. Jay White, I don't think has. I don't think that he has the kind of chops of a Devitt yet either, um, and and I would say he he's a more kind of Devitt esque leader than a you know Kenny Omega or AJ Styles, but I, I think unfortunately I I find Jay White stuck in kind of the spot Kenny or excuse me Cody got stuck in mm-hmm. right now, where there's a guy the, who's the, the underboss to the underboss. Yeah, he, who's the leader. <laughs> yeah. Who's saying we're? I'm not the leader, but he's kind of trying to be the yeah. leader. I I don't know. It just feels really assistant common. underboss versus assistant to the underboss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I think it undercuts him a little bit. Plus, I felt like that whole him being in charge of chaos thing came and went so fast yeah. that it was never really had any purchase. He he never got a chance to like be where, the I guy. Mean, where is chaos? I feel like chaos is so. 
all well, over the place. A lot of people are saying that that's where Bullet Club is going to steal a bunch of its members is absorb, like, best friends and, you know. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I feel like somebody's got to step up and take over chaos. But anyway. Um, let's let's go back because we skipped over one of the matches that I think could steal this show. And that is Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Ishii's got the British Heavyweight Championship right now. Going to be defending the red, it. The red, red Pro. Pro. Yeah. Going to be defending it against Zack Sabre Jr. We love ourselves some Zack Sabre Jr. We evil, also love evil ourselves Z- Evil Zack is the best Zack. Black jacket. Yeah. Union Jack on the back. Middle finger to the crowd. Yeah. Um, when, ev- when eventually, Beard, does Zack... Uh, Break away from Minero. When do they have their moment of the uh, Padawan has learned enough from the Master and we we get our throw down? Because I feel like that's what they're eventually building towards. Man, I don't know. Do you think that happens in the G1 this year? Or do you think it happens elsewhere? Do you think... I mean, they could go a whole other year. That seems like a long time, but it seems like... Not New Japan. Wrestle Kingdom, the, the correct payoff for that would be at... Wrestle Kingdom 14. New Japan knows how to do it right. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I, getting back to this match, Ishii is virtually in, incapable of having a bad match against a guy um, of that caliber. Yeah. Um, he ex, he excels at matches with submission-style wrestlers like Suzuki who can stand in there. And I think that he fits the Walter style and mm-hmm. what we've seen in the last year is when Zack Sabre Jr. And, and he did this with Chris Hero yeah. before he left as well. When you put him in there, even as the heel against a bully, he'll sell his ass off and it'll be spectacular. He'll take a beating and it gives him a base to move on and do a lot, throw a lot of those really insane you know Jim's Jim Briggs style arm arm holds yeah. and you know octopus, octopus stretches. stretches. So, yeah. so I think it'll be highly entertaining. Uh, I think it doesn't need to go long. I think they they it should be under fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I think that that could steal the show. To be honest with you, there's a lot of great matches. I mean, again. Wrestle Kingdom, I look at with such fresh eyes. I think it's because I'm not kind of grinding New Japan all the time, and I'm going in and picking and choosing a little bit more. But there, there's a local, was it WrestleCast? Yeah. WrestleCast grinds New Japan all year long. Yeah. If you're looking for a podcast that really will take you into the minutia of what New Japan does, the whys, hows, and wherefores, you need to be listening to those guys. Yeah, because, WrestleCast Radio yeah. also just uh, debuted a store on Pro Wrestling Tea. Yes. So congratulations to Ryan and the crew. They know their stuff, and they will definitively give you what you're looking for. Speaking of what I'm looking for... JDX? Uh, no. Uh, the United States Heavyweight Championship uh. being defended by Cody against uh, Space Macho... Uh, juice lethal, uh, juice Robinson. He is like everything and a bag of potato chips right now. And I am really looking forward to this rematch. He's like circa nineties DDP, like yeah. every gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Hey brother, what gimmick would you like? I'm all gimmicks. Yeah. That sounds good. Hey, uh, or like a, like 13 year old creating a, a, a wrestler. Like, Hey, which finisher do you want? Well, how about all the finishers? Oh, Super kick for a finisher? No, 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 no. That's that's one of my normal strike moves. And and the warming up the band version, not like just a, a normal super kick. Um, I have found that I thoroughly enjoy Juice Robinson, and again, I do feel like this is the swan song for for Cody for Cody. For, I, I feel like this is the swan song for most of the of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um. What a way to go out, man! What a what a card. Um, singles match, junior heavyweight championship, Kushida defending against Ishimori. I'm really looking forward to that too. I just there's so many good singles matches on this card. You know, like they've stacked the tag team matches so high. It's just like. 
It's well, just are, are beef on a, beef you, on beef. Are you talking about a company where a tag teams match? Yeah. Yeah. Tag well, team matches. But they matter. But but also singles matches. Yeah. Many many belts. All many of the belts. belts. Literally every single uh every single match is for a belt. Except for the what I imagine will be the pre show gauntlet. Um, literally every match is for a belt, which is insane. It should be for a belt, should be like a hug. Oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. The next match is not for a belt, but it's for so much more. Uh, Kazuchika Okada taking on Jay White in singles competition. Also, ugh. Yeah, I'm a... I said it before. I'm maybe... No new taxes. No new taxes. Read your lips. Read my lips. I'm maybe not the biggest Jay White guy in the world, and I kind of wonder if some of my just kind of disinterest in Jay White stems from the fact that I don't know if I feel Okada has done all him justice in this feud. Mm. I feel kind of in a way that, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like Okada's kind of lost something on his fastball. He does, he, he seems like he's having the time of his life, which yeah. I believe he is. But he also just kind of seems like he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that really hurts White's ability to have any type of real heat, you know, with anything. I mean, to me, the real issue is Okada is The Rock. And it, just like The Rock, when he came back for the kind of second run or when he changed his shtick up, it was more, it was so, it was so kind of I'm here and I'm going to do this because I love this type of thing that it, it never really came off as he's a gen, he's a genuine threat or that anyone is a genuine threat to him because he's just going to be there, he's going to win his match, he's going to pop the crowd huge, um, which Okada still has. I mean, people go crazy for Okada. I go crazy for Okada. Wow. Not as much uh, as I used to, but I think that that kind of, uh, is influenced by that same thing that you're talking about. And I don't and I don't want to make it sound like I feel like he's going through the motions or anything. No. But no. I definitely I miss the Okada that was losing to Fale and was having a nervous goddamn breakdown over it. Sure. You know, I miss the Okada where there was this palpable sense of urgency that he had to win to be the greatest. And I feel like he had that monumental run, and then he lost the belt, and then it was like, yeah, I did that. I'm kind of, I'm done. I'm done being potentially transcendent. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a personal thing or if that's where he's at just uh, in his career now. Are you saying that you don't like the latter-day works of Weezer? Because that's how it feels to me. It's kind of like, you can still go out there and kill it, but I'm not really that interested. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more Kazuchiko interested. Kazuchika Okada, the Rivers Cuomo of New Japan. You decide. Uh, I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. <laughs> two more matches. Uh, Naito versus Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. He's the anti-Jericho. He is the anti-Jericho. Because I do feel like, for Jericho, that is the most important thing all the time. Yeah. To sometimes to the detriment of other people on a show. No doubt. Yeah. You think Naito takes us? Are we? We we talked about an I think all LJ all the time. I think it is. I think Jericho has to lose just for the mere fact that he's been the complete shittiest of shit heels for so long in this in this feud. Yeah. Not to mention, I do, no matter what they're trying to say, I do think Jericho's involved in this elite elite whatever. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic if he is. That'd be great. My my get my feeling, my gut feeling is and I'm I'm just a fat guy in the basement with no talent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're two fat guys. Two fat guys in the basement. Guys in the basement. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Um, my gut feeling is uh he might have also been like the spurring element for those guys to go. You know what? We're gonna do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I do think he sees in them like we're gonna change everything. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, 
and think, bring Jim Ross along for it because nothing screams progressive like good old JR. Uh, um, other question, when LIJ takes home that last belt, do we see a beautiful moment like we saw with the, with the wrestler coming out with Takahashi coming out and everybody putting the old fisty poo up in the air? I like, think, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps just talking about. I it. think we do. I, I do, and I think we get that for that one night because the, the night after that is when we start to see the dash, baby. Yeah, we're off. The, as we always do with the dash, I think this is where we get to see like where is where are things going from here. Yeah. And I think the first thing we're going to see is I think there's always been kind of that inner competitiveness within Lij. Mm-hmm. I think we start to see that. Ooh, la, la. Um, speaking of intercompetitiveness, Kenny Omega, the champion, uh, has had a couple of phenomenal, um, had a couple phenomenal defenses over the last couple of months. Um, you know, like we mentioned, defeated both Cody and, um, and Kota Ibushi, uh, defended against, uh, Ishii, defended, uh, or is defending against Tanahashi here, who won the G1 uh, at bless him 75 years of age um, the ace the ace is forever and uh, ever, 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 ever. do we walk away with one last run for Tanahashi here um this is probably my biggest disappointment in New Japan booking but yeah I feel like we do um I, I'm a, I like Tanahashi but I, I feel like time pa- has passed him by, and I feel like it would have been much better to have someone else in that role. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's New Japan being unwilling to pull the trigger on somebody, mm-hmm. uh, or it's. I mean, do you think? Do you think though? Yeah. It's it's one of the young up-and-comers at New Year's Dash is going to come in there and start a new program with Tanahashi, and they want the belt on Tanahashi so they can kind of, like, someone like a Jay White or um, a Snack Sabre Jr. or, uh, I mean, I don't know. Or, I mean, you could throw Shingo in there. You could throw, I mean, Naito could say, like, I got this gold, now I want that gold too. Like, I'm going to do what I haven't been able to do. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that because I think it's easier to get it off of Tanahashi. Tanahashi. It's more believable that he's taking the hell of a beating, you yeah. know. But I, I, I don't know. To me, that's one I'm not as big a fan of. I feel like they, I feel I, I feel as a fan they they could have went elsewhere with that, and I would have been more satisfied with it. But sure. I, I, that's, that's just again my opinion. That's like your opinion, man. Yeah. Well. um... One of the things that I am disappointed about is the fact that for the last couple of years, um, Murder Grandpa has put on one of the greatest matches every uh, Wrestle Kingdom, not on the card. That I don't understand either. Um, there's someone else that's not on the card too, and I'm trying to remember now. Goto. Goto's not on the card. Yeah. And Goto, while... I always feel like Goto is your, hey, hey guys, you need a match that's going to be real good and real hard hitting. You don't particularly need a story behind it, yeah. but you need someone who's going to go out there and going to give you absolutely everything they have. Um, Goto's your guy. Yeah. And neither one of them are I don't think either's hurt, so I don't know. A little disappointing, but I mean, you can't argue with that card. That's 10... Ten matches that will blow blow you away. Nine on the main card, it looks like now, with a gauntlet to, to kick things off. Uh, not too shabby. Not too shabby. And hey, you never know. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be Suzuki and the Young Boys coming in and win the gauntlet. Who knows? Maybe he's found two that he can beat up on a regular basis and he's... Wouldn't that be interesting if it is two of those Young Boys and this they've been building towards that the whole time? Uh I don't think it will be, but I'd be I'd be really into it. What if it was just Suzuki and Goto saying we don't need a third person and they beat everybody? I'd love that too. <laughs> murder Grandpa and Murder Uncle. Oh yes. So that's 
a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom 13 preview. We'll be back. We're going to talk about the beauty that will be Chicago. We're going to talk about the Chicago uh, season 19 finale that just took place. Um, so much to talk about. Let's get invisible. Wrestling fans, wave your hands in front of your face. It's time to get invisible. Oh, they're going to say wave your hands in the air. Wave them. Like you just do not care. (laughs) It's Chikara Pro's Let's Get Invisible. Uh, Happened December 8th at the beautiful, luxurious, and ever-impressive Wrestle Factory in Philadelphia, PA. Um, uh, I will say I've not had a chance to watch every single match, but I've watched a great majority of it. The commentary rotation was phenomenal. Scott Halliday, Dasher, Bryce, Juan Francisco, and Mike Quackenbush. It was uh, some of the some of my favorite commentary happens when some of the uh, the mix hits just right on that one, and it was it was quite nice. Who is your favorite? My favorite what? Chikar current Chikar commentary team. I I can't argue against Bryson Quack. Okay. Who's your favorite all-time commentary team? Pairing in the booth. Or 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 trifecta in the booth. Um, because they were always rotating all the time. Oh, for Chikara? Yeah. Oh, I, man, I don't know. I I mean, I like Chuck commenting on anything. Chuck was more PWG. He rarely, he didn't Whoa. do a whole lot. Which in, Chuck are you talking about? Because I'm talking about Chuck Taylor TM. Oh, that's a little different. Yeah. Big Stoke? Big Stoke. I love Big Stoke. No doubt. Um, I'm not sure. It's tough because I feel like I haven't watched... I've only watched the kind of contemporary seasons. Kind of the post-flood like like flood and after seasons. I didn't... I've gone back and watched a lot now. But I don't think I can pick out some of those older voices as well as you can. Um, and so it's a lot harder for me, I think, to make a make a call on that. It might just be Bryson Quack again. I just I love Bryson Quack on, on commentary again. They make me happy. Well, I would highly recommend that if you're able, you I need am, to be able to hear. I am some because I'm subscribed to Chikaratopia, the best seven ninety nine I spent uh, last month, this month, next month. You need to be able to hear Bryce, and I feel like there's a a three man rotation that comes in and out. And they all kind of feed off of oh, one another. Shit, I forgot about Sydney Bacabella. Well, Bacabella is Bacabella is one Bacabella. of the yeah, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. But there's three men who rotate in and out that feed off of one another on shows mm-hmm. that I think make some of those early shows absolutely amazing. And it is Eddie Kingston. I do love it. It is Ultramantis Black. Oh yeah, Ultramantis is great. And it's. The Golden Palomino, Larry Sweeney. Oh, man. Now I'm just going to get off the clint. Those three guys kind of on the, on the the stick with Bryce generally. Yeah. Is absolutely stellar. And very, very entertaining. I have heard all of those people. They all are very, very entertaining. I think I'd probably have to put Sidney Bacabella up with those guys though because Sidney Bacabella to me is about as close as you're going to get to Bobby Heenan on contemporary commentary and very intentionally it makes me 
makes me so happy. Well, I would say this. Kind of thinking... Lay it on me, King. Tell it to me. Tell it to the people. To the people. Preach. Yeah. Dozen and dozen. So, hey, you 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 were recognized. Oh God! Shout! We'll tell I wasn't recognized. Our voices were yeah. recognized. Um, so I kind of feel like uh, I was thinking about this the other day. So not you know this will get we'll talk about us, which is apparently what we do on this podcast. I was thinking about like you know where do we get a lot of what we do when we do commentary, and if you have not heard us do commentary, you know you can. Go to Heavy yeah. On Wrestling. Yep. We just did, we did Fortune Bania. I'm sorry, did we call it NWO matches? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just did Black Sunday for Fortune for for Heavy On Wrestling. Absolutely. Matt Seidel, Jazz match. Jazz? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? Darren Corbin? Perhaps you've heard of him? Settle for nothing? Huh? And we've been the voices of Midwest All-Star Wrestling. All season long. All season long, daddy. It's been good. Search MAW Live on YouTube. Check it out. Very happy um, for the opportunity. I feel like one thing we will unabashedly admit is we're huge PWG smarks, and we thoroughly enjoy their locker or their their style. the 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 filthy I would call it the filthy West Coast Chicard. Yeah. Um, style of announcing where it's just like hey guys in the back rotating through um on commentary i think all of us steal liberally from excalibur which in chuck because they're both genius on the mic but i think what i realized is we also borrow heavily from chikara as well whether we realize it or not yeah um and you and, and then as well there is a significant influence of Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Would you stop? Which is really strange. My favorite um, commentary team of all time. So I, I thought about it the other day, and I've just really found that to be fascinating and mm-hmm. kind of very enlightening to think about. Like This is where we're at. I mean, I realize that my great love for Paul Heyman teaming up with Jim Ross when we did oh, yeah. our kind of favorite teams of all time was basically... Because it was, like, updated, not quite as good, Gorilla and Bobby. Yeah. You know. Um, the Paul was a more articulate... I call him Bobby now because I feel like we're contemporaries. Paul you know? Heyman you know, was and is a more articulate and more insightful commentator than Jerry Lawler. Yes. And Jim Ross, when Jim Ross... And he was is, antagonistic as well. And when Jim Ross is on, and, and especially during that era... No one could touch him. Yeah. I mean, I would say, and going back and having had the luxury of watching more and more Gordon Soley, Gordon Soley is magnificent. Yeah. But, man, I, I'm, I'm starting to see when people talk about Jim Ross being right there with them, I'm starting to see that you're hard-pressed to find anybody who can call a wrestling match with as much passion with as much intensity and brings as much to a product and makes it feel like it is the most important sporting event that has ever occurred in the history of mankind than Jim Ross. Hey, tell that to my voice on Sunday morning. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. But we've had a blast calling MAW and Heavy On Wrestling for people that listen. Dave, Eric, Eli, David... Brian, everybody, um, it's a it's a great opportunity, great opportunity to to connect with a lot of the wrestlers we've had on here, um, and my favorite interaction we've ever had. We haven't had the opportunity to have JDX on the show uh, aside from some of the live podcasts, but when he sat in on commentary and said, "This is great, you just get to sit here and put this put people over." The entire time, and that's that's been kind of the great joy, which I think is why we connect so much with Chikara, because it's so much about putting over the the people and the story and the kind of passion and and heroism and villainy and everything. I think there's an incredible storytelling device, uh, you know, hero's journey that goes on there, that it's never lost. It's it's always. Even when it's changed, it's always there and everyone can identify with. But I think the other thing that Chikara does is it has this amazing 
team atmosphere because it's that feeling of when one succeeds, we all succeed. I feel like it's a. I, it goes beyond team though, because I feel like some people have a team. I feel like that's more family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's probably even a better. You know, because I think that some of the dysfunction use. too, you know, goes more with family than than team. But I, I mean, just like overall, when you, it's so strange when you think about like that, that traveling company of of folks that will be in Chicago for Scotch Mist and that we've seen come in for other events. You know, they set that place up, they tear it down, but at the same time they put on one of the best wrestling shows you're going to see and they are ambassadors of wrestling, yep. uh, of combat art. They are ambassadors of what they do and they make you feel as if your time watching what they're doing is the most important performance they will ever give to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the money that you are paying them is worth its its weight in gold. And it's, it, yeah, I, I cannot state enough how incredible it is to, be, to experience that. So, uh, one congratulations, and then I want to get to the season finale. Bryce Remsburg... Referee of referees, king of kings, uh, m- man among men, juicy Lucier among juicy Luciest, <laughs> uh, putting on the old promoter hat to bring National Pro Wrestling Day out to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's amazing. Super exciting. Uh, congratulations to Bryce. We've had him on the podcast twice now. Two times, yeah. Uh, Bryce, one of the nicest people. Um, that you can meet, and super, super excited that uh, they're bringing it to the Arch Street Center um, out in Lancaster. It's going to be fantastic. All the donations go to support uh, the Arch Street Center. Um, Yeah, it's just going to be really, really... I think it's going to be a really, really unique and cool experience, and I kind of couldn't be happier for them. I also couldn't be happier with the nine matches. Nine matches we got! Uh, on on uh, the the show on Saturday, uh, when you start off with the slowest entry in all of professional wrestling, you know it's going to be a good day. Juan Francisco, have you watched? Do you, should I spoil, or should we just talk generally about uh, the the matches? I, I would hate to spoil. I don't want to spoil. I'm aware of what happened. Okay. The show, so. uh, also, thanks to PW Ponderings, Pro Wrestling Ponderings, um, they always get Shikara results up. It's one of the places I go to get to get my uh, my results when I'm like, oh yeah, I, I watched that. Who won that? Like I was so wrapped up in the match that I don't always don't always remember. Uh, you know, I'm getting old. I'm in my thirties now, so. I hate you. Juan Francisco de Coronado taps out Green Ant to the Coronado clutch. Nine minutes. Uh, Green, Green Ant hung with him. Absolutely. I've been so impressed. And what a story. What a season for Green Ant and Thief Ant. Just super exciting. Green Ant, again, another guy that we had the opportunity to have on the podcast. Um, it's called Chikara Pro, not Chikara Amateur, because absolutely professional. Everybody we've ever had on during our, our summer series uh, with, with Chikara and, and before, just... Oh. So good. The beautiful thing is, is that uh, microphone's always open to anyone from Chikara because they um, always bring it on a microphone. Mm-hmm. They always tell a great story. They're engaging. We learn something new every single time. Absolutely. Uh, and we're lucky to uh, be able to um, converse back and forth with them. You had a weird interaction as well on Twitter with uh, Mike Quackenbush liking DNDDT when you Oh, I was just like super pumped about that. I was like, hey, someone who tells stories likes that we also tell stories outside of wrestling. And yeah, that was really, you know, it's small things like that. It's small, yeah, it's small things like that that are just, you know, it's it's fun to be part of um, of social media for moments like that. I think a lot of times social media gets a bad rap for not being very engaging, but if you can tune out all of the, the noise and just kind of get that signal in, um, every once in a while, it's a it, you get a couple really cool blips. That's been so. one of the coolest things in the last six months. 
It's just yeah. that moment when you were like, oh my gosh. that <laughs> Jerry Lynn follows everybody, yeah, Jerry... but he also follows us. <laughs> that, that is up there with the day that you called me at work to tell me meat follows us on Yeah, Twitter. from Bar Luchador. Yeah. <laughs> what like, are you doing? I'm like, I'm at work. Meat follows us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these things happen, man. These things happen. I think Jazz follows us now on, on Twitter, which is... Heck yes. I'm terrified. I'm super I'm super into it. It's great. Uh, elimination match. The opportunity to walk away with three points. Los Ice Creams, Crumbles and Defarge, uh, Fist represented by Icarus and Tony Deppin, and Jeremy Leary and Blance Babish. Uh, Crumbles and Defarge eliminating Los Ice Creams. Fist being eliminated by Babish and Jeremy Leary, which I believe at that point gave them two points. And then Leary and Babish eliminated when Defarge and Crumbles hit Leary with the uh, Lariat-Chop Block combo. Uh, This was 16 minutes of pure tag team joy. Blance Babish, another person who I think has come miles this season, really have enjoyed her tag teaming with Jeremy Leary. I think Fist, Tony Deppin, the next coming of, you know, uh, Screamy Chuck Taylor... Uh, with 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 Icarus, who just keeps getting terrible tattoo after terrible tattoo. Bless him. Um, this was awesome. And Crumbles and Defarge have three points again. Crumbles and Defarge, I think the story is kind of coming around that, and and we'll talk about the spoiler with the tag team titles a little bit. What? But um, I think uh, they still have unfinished business with the closers, and I think that eventually will revolve around those belts. Yeah. Um, and they have become sort of faces accidentally. Yeah. And I think it's just because the closers were such dominant bad guys. Yeah. Well, and you line yourself with Juan Francisco de Coronado. Yeah. Your entrance starts taking a lot longer. People hate you. But also, I don't think it hurts that they wrestle a big man style. They wrestle so dominantly. And they they look the part. I mean, they're the new Devastation Corporation. A little bit. They're they're less flashy. The one thing about Devastation yeah. Corporation that I think they always had the demolition Road Warriors thing going. Yeah. And I think people were far more apt to want to cheer them because of the face paint and the thing that got them booed was Bacabella. Oh, Bacabella. And then and then Max Smashmaster. You know we need to have on this podcast Sydney Bacabella. And that Max Smashmaster was absolutely great at getting heat. Yeah. You know. To um, me, Stokely, and then Bacabella. Like Bacabella. That's like a 1-1-1-A. One, one, one it is really, really tough. Oh, um, I think that... Big uh, Stoke! I do think that that's not done yet. Yeah. But it's cool to see they're back in that in that top spot. Absolutely. Um, Penelope Ford coming in. Uh, doing battle with Blank, who is accompanied by Still Life with Apricot and Pears, as always. Uh, picking up the win over Penelope Ford. Um, put her in a pose, had Still Life with Apricots and Pears take a photo of her. It was real creepy. It was real blanky. I think that Blank as a character and that entire, uh, that entire storyline, to me, season 19 has been an absolute renaissance for Shikara. Storyline wise, um, I have loved virtually every storyline that has come through, and virtually everyone had a storyline that I cared about deeply. Um, yeah, I blank his um transformation, yeah, and everything that he's left in his wake throughout that, yeah, and visually, he is no one looks like that in wrestling, yeah, it's so cool, it's yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, what a change. I'm I'm really excited to see more of kind of the mixing of some of that talent from beyond and some of the other talents coming into Chikara. Penelope Ford, Joey Janela before he got injured. Yeah. Um, because they, I think they make a lot of sense. I think even Nick Gage, you know, coming in and being Nick Gage, who is apparently one of the greatest human beings you'd ever want to meet. Um I think you you have a lot of of depth on that roster already, but you start adding guys from and gals from beyond and from some of those organ other organizations. 
you have a lot of potential magic, you know, that can happen. Yeah. Um, we got a big payoff, another big payoff. Um, our, uh, our good friends at, uh, the Proteus wheel, unfortunately falling to our other good friends. Uh, well, at least one, uh, Lucas Calhoun, missile assault man, and Axel Ford picking up the win against Proteus wheel. Not only Calix, not only frantic, not only Volgar, but Professor Nicodemus as well. Yeah. And Missile Assault Man picking up the win over Nicodemus after uh, a little retribution with that Scorpion Death Trap. Philadelphia Street Fight. Don't, you don't see a whole lot of that in Shikara. But no. if there's a time that it's going to pay off. Has there been a guy that has grown more into an absolute fan favorite than Missile Assault Man? I'm so happy to see him back. Um, I could not could not be happier. I have rarely seen a guy in a match live be more of a workhorse than he was in that Cybernetico. Yeah, or take Chicago. more of a beating, or get a crowd to be that hot for him just taking like everybody's finisher and getting up over and over and over again and just being like, bring it. Um, the guy's amazing. I hope the best for him. Lucas Calhoun's one of the nicest people we've met. And wrestling, um, the Proteus Wheel is scary. They're terrifying human beings. If you can even refer to them as, I would refer to them as post-human beings. Um, So yeah, I mean, just a conflagration of individuals. Well, uh, speaking of conflagrations, three nightmares, five minutes fifty-six seconds. Hollow Wicked doing away with Boomer Hatfield with authority. Uh, also, did you uh, happen to catch over an Excellence Pro? Hollow Wicked lost the Excellence Pro title. Yes. To Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. Which has some odd symmetry to Chikara. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, not much to say about this one. It was a the closest thing you could be to a blood bath without being blood bloodbathy. I will also point out that uh, Excellence. I'm not sure exactly how much of the tie there is between they and Chikara. I. Oh, there's at least a peripheral. That poster for that show was great with them sitting in the chairs. Yeah, the, the men in black poster yeah, was, was absolutely great. outstanding. It was really good. Good, good. Uh, Creatures of the Deep picking up the win over the Colony and Cyberhawks 2000. Razorhawk pinned by Oceania and Murloc's Tidal Wave. Well,. I think we thought at the beginning of the season that oceans or creatures of the deep were going to be a huge factor. Like the big bads, yeah, and they weren't. No, maybe I mean, they were there the whole time, but I don't feel like they ever quite took off in the same way we thought they were going yeah. to. Maybe this is the beginning of something. Yeah. Um, speaking of something that started at the beginning of the season and it has had the most delicious payoff, solo darling submitting Travis Huckabee to his own Golden Dream submission hold. That was one of my favorite Chikara matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the greatest match, but to me, the the payoff, the arc of that story over the course of the season is why this season for me was one of my favorite seasons of all time. I think it speaks volumes to what Chikara is able to do in the performance that they, the performers that they have. Um, because Travis Huckabee has been on this strange journey as a character mm-hmm. in the best possible way, and it's all logically makes sense. And at the same time, you can't tell me that they did not have to change some things due to Granakuma stepping away from pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, he stepped into that role and they morphed and changed things to a degree where it didn't just make sense, it was flawless. It was, yeah, it was better. And Solo Darling, you just kept waiting for that moment when there would be some type of resolution between these two people who everyone loved, I mean, yeah. as, a, as a tag team. The Rumpies were... You know, they, they, yeah, they were really a great they fun tag team. They did. <laughs> um, I feel like this <laughs> is one of those cathartic moments 
that Chikara can give you that um, I think a lot of promotions fail to live up to. I was jumping up and down. It was an exciting match. Um, it was given time, and it was it was lovely. It was really it was a great payoff. Speaking of great payoffs that are a little weird, but also such a reason I love this season. The Campeonatos de Parejas. Also a story that's not over yet. So good. Princess Kimberly and the Whisper picking up the win at uh, Lottery uh, de Letal. Um, defeating the Closers after getting that that uh, championship opportunity. Su- that suplex into a pin. Yeah. Oh, oh oops. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that was so Abby good. Late's loss is everyone's game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is. Um, it was, God, yeah. Suplexing the whisper onto Caprice and him winning that third fall was, that was 13 minutes of tag team brilliance. I enjoyed that whole, whole damn match. I think, too, the, the, the thing that Princess Kimberly brings that I think people forget, especially maybe people who aren't as familiar with Chikara, is... Things like her standing face to face with Chris Hero and other promotions, mm-hmm. or her taking on Drew Gulak, you know, as her, you know, and just, just standing in this dust, standing in the storm, face to face, and being, you know, the one of the toughest wrestlers mm-hmm. around. Um, so when you put her in the ring with the closers, it does not feel. Like you were suspending disbelief. No, no. It feels whatsoever. like those guys better be careful, or she's going to suplex them out of their shoes. Yeah, or suplex someone through their shoes. Yeah, and and I feel like the whisper is the is a villain we haven't quite seen in Chikara before. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't really fit an archetype at all. Yeah, and I. I, I, we thought maybe he was going to be a bigger bad this season. Yeah. And the real key is there hasn't been a big bad. Yeah. It's been a bunch of kind of... Or has there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe there... Yeah. I mean, but what would have happened if, if Angela Setti hadn't gotten injured, too? You know, we don't... We have no idea. There's, there was a couple key injuries, and the fact that this season has progressed as magnificently as it's progressed is just another kind of testament to sticking with the story and... And going where it takes you. Um, and I think that that's maybe uh, highlighted no more so in any match at uh, Let's Get Invisible than the Grand Championship, where interim champion Dasher Hatfield defended and defeated Ophidian um, did you for think, the title. Did you think ahead of time Ophidian was going to turn? Um, I thought that... I I did not, no. I thought that he had a very similar arc to Icarus coming in and kind of defending Chikara and doing whatever it took. Um, kind of the opposite side of that coin and that he infiltrated. Um, and uh, I didn't think I didn't think he would. I actually thought that we were going to get Mark Angelo Setti coming back and turning on Dasher. Um, instead, we got something far more salacious. Well, and they've said, I mean, this is the interesting thing, you know, the, the belt has always been kind of this catalyst for kind of terrible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it drove Eddie Kingston crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so what we're talking about, Hatfield defe- or defeats Ophidian, like, they're pretty cool afterwards. After the match, Mr. Touchdown comes in. He's the actual grand champion. For those of you who haven't been watching, um, he went out with an injury. Bryce Remsburg named um, named Dasher Hatfield as essentially the interim champion. Would defend it in uh, Angelo City's stead. His uh, step cousin in law um, announced he announced he was cleared to compete again as of this Monday. Uh, Hatfield not only then attacked him, but then took the title with him. And Boomer, who came out to check on Mark Angelo, said he. Then kind of like, kind of yelled like, "Come on, Boomer!" and like kind of called him away, and he was kind of like didn't know what to do. And then he went with his dad, and that was the end of the season. Which, whew. Well, I I would be really intrigued if we don't get 
Boomer maybe in the the uh, role of with Andrew Losetti, mm. and we see something completely different from Dasher Hatfield. I would be totally into it. I would love to see him lose his mask. Oh wow! 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 Uh, we haven't done that in a couple seasons. No, I would we like didn't... to see. I would like to see a fresh mask. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, anyway, season nineteen, so good. Assuming we don't get a lost season in between, season twenty kicks off as we mentioned in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, National Pro Wrestling Day. Um, head out there, make a donation. Admission is free. Ten dollar minimum donation is suggested. Um, goes to support great, great work that's happening um, there in Lancaster, PA. And then, hey, we're going to be going down to Chicago. Why don't you head down to Chicago? Get your tickets now. 164 days away at the beautiful Logan Square Auditorium on North Kedzie Boulevard in Chicago, Illinois. May 26th, 7 p.m. Scotch Mist. We'll be rolling down with some of the Loogie crew. Uh, probably doing some podcasty poo. Do we know the names for other episodes this season? Uh, we do. Yes, we do. Well, season 20 kicks off with National Pro Wrestling Day. We have the Young Lions Cup, which will happen at the in the middle of March again. We have Once Upon a Beginning, which is the Jersey City uh, part of the large um, WrestleMania. We have Fright Night, which is the Pocono Summit this year that's been announced. We have the Infinite Gauntlet, which has been announced for May 11th, happening right before scotch mist so coming out of the infinite gauntlet we may uh we may get that also all of the um all of the announced big pieces infinite gauntlet and young lions cup uh look to be classic rock covers young lions cup is the cover of rumors by fleetwood (laughs) mac um it's it's pretty pretty amazing stuff and then thief ant and uh green ant on the cover of the infinite gauntlet it's uh Season 20, baby. 20 seasons of Chikara. Congratulations to uh, all of our friends out at Chikara Pro. Um, what a what a pleasure to be able to, um, Privilege. to share with everybody. And uh, can't wait to see everybody back in Chicago. Yeah. Um, always a good time. Always a good time. So we'll take a quick break, come back, talk about the show this weekend, um, and then wrap it all up. This is Heel Turn Radio. Episode 166, live from the mic. Somebody stop your mama. Are we wobble? I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous, you heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. The mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share for all those who want to profile and pose. Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone. You all alone in these streets, cousin. Every man for themselves in his land, we be gunning. And keep them shook crews running like they supposed to. They come around, but they never come close to. I can see it inside your face, you're in the wrong place. Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up with bullet holes and such. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we major. You're all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. We cool as featherweight. My gunshots will make you levitate. I'm only 19, but my mind is older when the thing... Your Mindy moment... Heel Turn Radio. We got one show coming up this weekend. Midwest Independent Wrestling, MIW presents Freezing Point, closing out the year at the Chanhassen American Legion Post 580. Uh, we got Scott Story announced. Mitch Paradise announced. Uh, we got Josh Price on the card. Got uh, Rob Rob James uh, going to be there. Part of Three Under Par now with his buddy Chad Wentworth III. Albano Riley Jackson, Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a good one. You know they always put on a great show out of Chanhassen. Always, uh, you know, standing room only. There should be a really really fun car, especially coming off of Friday night fights. Um, a lot happened there. Chris Jordan becoming the first, the oh. only two time um, Lion Openweight Champion. We got um, some new lucha from. Uh... The Lucha we Dora. did, yeah. We'll have to check that out and maybe do a little uh, We Watched It here coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, heading into this weekend, uh, their last show, Bonnie defeated Aiden Wake. 
Brian Cruz defeated Stonehenge. Orrin Veidt and Josh Price led to a double DQ as they <laughs> fought into the night, which I'm so angry I missed. Uh, Leonard Literacy taking on defeating former Lion Open uh, weight champion Ty Cooper. Chris Jordan defeated Rob James despite Chadwick Wentworth uh, there and Riley Jackson. You don't get, you know what? You do not well. get into the award, into the year awards from heel turn mm-hmm. by doing things like that. Yeah. Shame on you, sir. Shame. For shame. shame. Heel, heel achievement and for shame, sir. Um, well, we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, so head on out to Freezing Point. Looks to be a really great card. Um, as always, Mitch Paradise also on the card. Big Mitch. Can't go wrong with Big Mitch. Come on now. Big Mitch sets the bar. Come on now. Um, so I think that that's about it. We have, you know, one uh, thing that's, you know, not not fun to to announce. And, and obviously everybody's heard by now, but I feel like it's worth mentioning we had the great honor to uh to be there for the release of the axes back to celebrate uh, larry hennig the axe um at uh wicked wart brewing and and an amazing turnout and kind of a, a tribute to larry just being kind of the nicest funniest dude um we got to laugh and do a sing-along with him and uh and it was a pretty it was a pretty great Pretty great event. Um, unfortunately, Larry passed away at, uh, I believe, 82 um, this past week. And so, um, yeah, we just wanted to say thank you to, to him, to the Minnesota Wrestling Hall of Fame for having us out for such an amazing event, for uh, to George Shear and, um, you know, uh, everybody else, um, the owner, Stephen Laszlo, everybody for coming on, Carol, Carol Castle for, for having us out. Um, it was really... Uh, if if that was a send off, um, it was a it was a pretty damn good send off. Um, and uh, had his family had his family with him. Curtis Axel was there for the for the release. It was really um, a a great way to say goodbye, even though we didn't kind of know it. And it was a, a real real um, privilege to to be a part of that that whole event. So. Um, you can go back, um, listen to George, recount uh, his time watching watching Larry, um, the owner of the Wicked Wart uh, that we had on. Um, yeah, Larry Hennig, uh, the entire Hennig family, uh, a wonderful legacy um, left for Minnesota professional wrestling and uh, really a great guy. So um, go out, support your local independent wrestling Watch the stars of tomorrow today at MIW, at MAW, at First Wrestling, at Showtime Wrestling, at Steel Domain, at Heavy On, at, uh, I mean AWF. The the list goes on and on. Um, get out, support uh, your local wrestlers. Buy a T-shirt, get an eight by ten sign. If it's Sebastian Taylor, tell him not to sign over your, his, his own face, <laughs> uh, or just buy another one if if that's the case. Um, that's what I do. And never hesitate to look back. I mean, that was the beautiful thing about that particular day, was going back and watching um, Mr. Henning's work and how it evolved and the legacy that it left upon not just Minnesota wrestling, but upon wrestling itself. Mm-hmm. We are extremely fortunate to see the best and brightest on a weekend-by-weekend basis. Mm-hmm. And currently we're in a renaissance of seeing young men and women who will not be with us for, for as long as we think they will because they will be scooped up yeah. and they will move on to the brightest of lights and the biggest of stages. And their voids will be filled by young, hungry folks who are training right now. Yep. Um, and we all get to witness that. So be a part of that, and the beard's right. You know, buy that T-shirt, scream or yeah. boo till your heart's content at those yeah. shows, but get out and support independent wrestling because it is one of the greatest time periods for it right now. Yeah, there's still tickets left for WrestleMania 14. Uh, your King Ginger going to be joining us for WrestleMania 13 or WrestlePalooza <laughs> WrestleMania 13. I'm not going to WrestleMania. No, I don't want to go to WrestleMania. No, no interest. Yeah, yeah. WrestleBluza, uh, I'm excited, scared, 13. but excited. It's going to be amazing. Um, 
we still got a show coming up. We'll talk about that next week. Lots of fun stuff. What? Out there. But we also have, uh, you know, a golden age. Go subscribe to NJPW World. Best nine ninety nine yen you're going to spend. Uh, subscribe to the network. Most of all, oh, for the love of God, subscribe to Chikartopia seven ninety nine every month. Hey, heavy on streaming. You can stream uh, old heavy on uh, shows. You can stream ones the Heel Turn Radio with the uh, Heel Turn Radio family member, the Ultimate Warrior, also joining us on the the commentary booth, shaped like a table. Um, we're out there doing it, having a great time. Thank you to everybody that supports us and supports local wrestling we got a couple shows left here before the end of the year i think wayne mccarty's finally going to be on baby uh we got a dive club uh we're gonna have a big uh heel turn hullabaloo family jugman christmas uh special at some point um all sorts of craziness coming your way from heel turn before the end of the The electric nightmare band yeah (laughs) um so from our family to yours this has been another very special episode of Heel Turn Radio. We'll see you next week. Things and stalks and clock wallabies. African killer bees, black watch. On your radio, blowing out your watch. From Park Hill, the house of Haunted Hill. Every time you walk by, your back get a chill. Let's build, want to talk about skill. I spit like a semi automatic to the grill. Elbow grease and elbow boom. Baby, play me, baby, fall down, go boom. Party people gather round, count down to apocalypse. I'm the kid with the golden arms. And I'm the motherfucking hot nicks. Pass the blunt. My nigga don't front, you had it for a minute, but it seemed like a month. Now I'm choking, smoking, hoping I don't croaking from overdosing. Dosing. Hey kid, when the map got you open, let's ride. Can't stand niggas that floss too much. Can't stand Bentley's, they cost too much. Can't wanna get up, they can't get touched.